You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Jesus. Good morning. Before we get into the message this morning, I just wanted to take a a quick minute to give you an update on the Copper Corridor. It's uh, It's been a blessing to be a part of that, and just wanted to thank all of you for your prayers, for your generosity that's allowed that to take place, and we know that God's doing the work there, and we're looking forward to see what God has for us going forward. Um, there are going to be some opportunities coming up to serve at the Copper Corridor, so be thinking about that, be in prayer about it. If there's an area that you'd be able to come up and serve on any level, um, let us know. Put it on your connection card, contact the office, and we'll get you plugged in. And I believe it'll be a blessing to you to be able to serve, but also to the people in the area that are, need to hear about God's love. So thank you for that. This morning, we're going to continue the series that Pastor James started last week titled, Share the Power. Last week, Pastor James talked about Share the Promise. And today, we're going to be talking about Share the Power. How many of you here today like the feel of power? Yeah. I believe if we thought about it for a few minutes, all of us would be able to realize in one way or another that we like the feel of power. Now, we may experience that power differently. Maybe some of you men enjoy the feel of power when you're in that muscle car and you take off and it pins you against the seat. It's exciting. Bobby, maybe you like to feel the power when you sit on that backhoe or that bulldozer and we push up against that tree and it just falls over. Roll up a big pile of dirt. You're going, wow, that's powerful. We all experience power in different ways. Maybe some of you women enjoy the feel of power of driving fast in a car as well. Right? Can't leave the women out on that. Or maybe you like the feel of power in more subtle ways, like fixing your husband's favorite meal and just watching him melt like butter in your hands. Right? I think more importantly, or better yet, how about the power of telling your husband, you know what? We're going to go out to dinner tonight because I just don't feel like cooking. (laughs) That's power. In reflection of my own life, thinking about how I experienced power, I guess it started early. You know, young guys in their adolescence, they begin to grow in stature a little bit, and, you know, they want to get some strength. They want to be strong. You don't want to be the guy that don't get chosen for the football team, you know? I worked with my dad in the newspaper business, lifting newspaper bundles from an early age. 
And then when I got a little older, I asked for a set of dumbbells for Christmas. I got in my room and I'd pump some iron. Thinking that it was magically going to appear, 10 minutes later, I go to the mirror in the bathroom and, <laughs> is there a bicep yet? We all want to experience power in our life. The thing that I've realized is there is no substitute in our lives for the power of God. We can inject in our lives things, actions that help us to experience power, but there's always a longing for more. But only by the power of God we are able to feel complete in that fullness of God in our life. I think as I realized that, I understood that it's not about our own self, our own abilities, but only through God can we achieve that satisfaction. Because experiencing power can be exciting. It can also be rewarding and fulfilling. So today we're going to be talking about the power of evangelism. And evangelism is just a big word that simply means sharing Christ with others. Our scriptural text is going to be found in Acts, the first chapter, verse 7 and 8. Give you a little background what was going on in this chapter. Christ was giving instructions to the apostles just before being taken up to heaven. And he told them to remain in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit promised of the Father. Israel at the time was under Roman rule and authority. And so the apostles were looking for power. They were looking for the Messiah to come and restore the kingdom so that they could not be under captivity any longer. And the, the apostles, Christ speaking to the apostles in verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Before we go any further, let me pray over the sermon real quick. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to come today and worship you together. Lord, to learn of your goodness. Help us to hear what you would have us to hear today. Anoint me that I can speak clearly and bring understanding. Anoint our ears that we might hear. And God, help us to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. We're careful, Lord, to give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. The word power in Acts 1.8 is the Greek word dunamis, defined as miraculous power, use of the miracle or the sign itself, mighty work, ability, strength, or power in action. Dunamis, as used in Scripture, often refers to the strength, 
power, or ability. It is the root word of our English words, dynamite, dynamo, and dynamic. Perhaps most importantly, dunamis can refer to inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature, or power which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Looking at the word dynamite, it helps us to understand a little better about the dunamis power that Christ was talking about. You know, we're in the heart of mining country here in Arizona. And throughout history, there's been much evidence of the use of dynamite in the mining industry. Because dynamite provided a source of power that allowed us to dig or way beyond the capability of a man with a pick and shovel in his hands. Dynamite is a force multiplier. It has the inherent ability to do many multiple times the work or exert a force that we cannot do in our own natural bodies and strength. That is what the Holy Spirit is to us. The power of the Holy Spirit in us is that force multiplier that gives us supernatural strength and ability. How many of you know it's not by our own power or ability that we're able to live this life for Christ? But it's by the power of the Holy Spirit within us that we're able to see triumph, overcome addiction, experience the supernatural strength of God working in every aspect of our life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can resist and overcome the enemy that comes against us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to share the goodness of God. You see, brethren, when we're able to see with our own eyes the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life, we become witnesses of Christ in us through the power of His Spirit. I love that the scripture uses the word witnesses in Acts 1.8 because we are not just the messenger to a lost and dying world. We are an active participant experiencing and witnessing the power of God in an action in our life. So we can then share with others more passionately and effectively the gospel and what we have witnessed God do in our own life. That is the power of evangelism. This is what Christ called us to do. Christ didn't call us to keep this message inside, to keep it hidden, but to share God's love with others. So we're going to outline three points this morning that will help us see the areas in our life where we have an opportunity and how and why it's important to be the witness Christ calls us to be. Point number one, where can I be a witness? In Acts 1.8, Christ said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
After receiving the promise of the Father, Pastor James talked about last week, the apostles continued spreading the gospel with evidence of the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit throughout the book of Acts, which is the actions of the apostles. And just like the apostles, we too are called to action. Each of us have a Jerusalem, a Judea, and a Samaria. To get a better picture of what that might look like, our Jerusalem might be our circle of influence, the people that are closest to us, our family, our friends, close neighbors, and geographically, maybe the city where you live. Your Judea may represent your county or your state and the people you interact with on that level. And your Samaria may represent your country, such as the United States. And many of you could be called to be missionaries, to spread the gospel message in other countries, or to take mission trips. Some of you may not be able to travel or take mission trips, but you may be able to give a donation that someone else might go. And in that, you're spreading the gospel as well. When you come in, we had a loop playing on the monitors a lot of times that shows the missionaries that we support here at LWC. And we're glad to be able to do that. We're thankful that we can help spread this message because it's what Christ calls us to do. Point number two, how can I be a witness? How can I be a witness? Can I tell you, all we have to do to be a witness is to lift up Jesus, right? And share what God has done in our life. Because it's not about our own ability or how well we speak. It is by the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit and that Christ will draw people to himself. Christ said in John 12, 32, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. You may say, well, I'm not an evangelist. Or I don't know how to witness or speak to people. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament and went on many mission trips to spread the gospel, understood that it was not about the power that we have within ourselves or how much we know or our own efforts. He said in 1 Corinthians 2.2, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Sharing Christ is simple. It is about the simplicity of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. That's the good news. And that's what we have to share. Point three, why it's important to be a witness. First of all, it's important to be a witness because Christ calls us to be. We are the feet and hands of Christ 
and have been redeemed by his blood that was shed on the cross for our sin. The most important thing we can do for God is share the gospel message and be his witness. Let people know that he came to save in each and every one that would come to him. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Acknowledging what Christ did on the cross and believing that he rose from the dead is foundational to our faith. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Christ overcame sin and therefore death, through the power of the Holy Spirit with Christ in us, we are no longer bound to the law of sin and death. Because in Romans 8, 9 through 11, it says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So it is by the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit in us that we will rise in the resurrection to forever be with our Lord. So you might ask, What action can I take to start being a witness for Christ? And what does that look like? Well, our greatest witness to people is not so much about what we say, but how we live our life. And that is not just showing up to church on Sunday. That's every day, everywhere we go, and everything we do. The one thing we all need to realize is everything matters. Everything matters. Something as simple as putting your shopping cart back up at the grocery store when you're done matters. I don't want to be recognized as the guy that left the cart out in the middle of the parking lot and it rolled down and put a dent in somebody's car when I'm trying to tell them about Jesus. Right? So everything matters. How we treat people, how we act when someone cuts us off on the road out here. It's kind of a hard one. Or how we respond when someone does us wrong. Something as small as these things can make such a difference. Because people are watching. And more importantly, God knows why we do what we do. We all fall short. We're all imperfect in our own strength. Amen. 
But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live a life that reflects the love of Christ. And when people see the love of Christ in us and the impact it has on our life, we will have the opportunity to share the Lord and Christ with them and lift up Jesus. We're going to look at three action steps this morning that will help us be the witness that Christ calls us to be, I think. Action step number one, be yourself. Each of us are uniquely and wonderfully made according to Scripture, Psalms 139 and 14. We don't have to try to be someone or something we're not. We just have to be honest with ourselves and those around us about who and what we are. Christ loves all of us where we are. We don't have to become good enough to come to God or to be that witness that he calls us to be. Action step number two, be confident. Be confident that God has placed people in your path and given you the opportunity to witness to them because your story matters to them. And by being his witness, the power of the Holy Spirit will enable you to share God's transforming love in a way that will help them turn to him as well. The Bible says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking people need to have a, something in their life that lets them realize that it's not us. And we have this inferiority complex maybe of, God, I'm not good enough because I'm hearing that I'm not good enough through condemnation. But it's his kindness that leads people to repentance. Not beating them overhead with the Bible, but simply showing kindness and giving praise to God. No one knows your story like you. and There is no other story like yours. Because there's power in your story. We all have one. And that is what makes the kingdom so unique. So don't focus on your own inabilities. Because in our weakness, he is strong. We know we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Our confidence is in Christ, not us. Not our own self. Action step number three, be willing. Be willing to share the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive. Because we cannot be the witness that Christ calls us to be unless we are willing to share the good news and the love of God. God's love will change people's life for the better if we're just willing to share So when we present ourselves a willing vessel, vessel for God's purpose, 
Through the power of the Holy Spirit and our witness, people will come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. At one of our work days at the Copper Corridor campus, prior to having our first service there, I was talking with Benny Silva, who was telling me that he worked in the mine in Hayden for many years and how excited he was to see God do a new work there. Benny shared with me an experience he had while working at the mine that I believe exemplifies what it looks like to lift up Jesus and be the witness Christ calls us to be. And Benny has humbly agreed to let me share with you how God allowed him to give praise to the Lord and lead people around him to Christ. Benny was telling me at the mine they had a place there where they had their lockers. They could put their their clothing, their hard hats, their welding helmets, tools, the things they needed to do their job and lock it up and keep it safe. And he was telling me that some of the guys there didn't always have the tools that they needed. And so they'd ask Benny, Benny, can I, can I borrow this or can I borrow that tool? Benny being the kind person that he is, trying to help people, he was more than glad to share his tools with them. But over a period of time, some tools begin to come up missing. And tools are hard to replace. They're expensive. So Benny was troubled. and He told me, he said, I asked the Lord, Lord, what can I do to keep my tools? Keep from losing my tools. And he said the Lord told him, Write PTL on your tools. PTL. I remembered looking at Benny, a little puzzled. Like, what does that mean and how's that going to help you keep from losing your tools? He said with his big smile, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Right? What struck me about that is God didn't tell Benny, write Benny Silva on your tools. He didn't tell Benny, write your driver's license number on your tools. But he told him, write PTL, praise the Lord. That's simply lifting up Jesus. That's giving God glory. Benny said, after that, I didn't lose any more tools. Like we're surprised, you know. He said, in fact, he said, I had people come to me, Benny, Benny, I found your hammer. PTL. Underneath a pile of dirt on the other side of the mine for six months. People bring it back to him. Isn't that just like God? Not only can we bring our problems to him, and he can fix them but he can also restore that we've lost. Through that experience, as I began to think about that, I realized and began to understand that something that simple 
has an impact on people. I can imagine that when they would come to borrow a tool from Benny and every time they would see that PTL, they're translating that, praise the Lord. And they're associating those tools and Benny to the Lord and giving him praise. So people begin to come to Benny and said, Benny, I've got this problem in my life and I don't know what to do about it. Can you help me pray? Of course, Benny was more than happy to do that. Maybe it was their family, different things. Over a period of time, more and more people began to come to Benny. They started calling me Pastor Benny. (laughs) See, God can change our life with any situation that we encounter. We just have to come to Him. When we realize that we can take ourselves in God's hands and be His vessel to tell people about God and simply give praise to God. He can draw people to Him the power of His Spirit. So in closing today, if you haven't decided to accept the Lord into your life as your Savior, and would like to take that step, please join me in this prayer. Let's pray. God, I have failed on my own. And I realize I need a Savior. So today I'm asking for your forgiveness and turning from my sin and making a choice to follow Jesus. I confess he died for all my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day. Lord, today I'm making a choice to be in relationship with you by the power of your Spirit. Thank you, Rick. As we close our service. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more.